0: It is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I am Tyler. With me as always is my co-host Smitty. Be sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at around the four one two. While you're listening on a listening platform, or oh, over on YouTube, go check out the description of the show. We got a Facebook link for everything custom designs. It's our friend Haley Wagner, small business. She does do customized clothing. We're about a week away from Valentine's Day. I did see she posted some stuff, so we might be a little yep. too late before that. But who knows? You might be able to squeak some in a week before Valentine's Day. So go check that out. But she does more than holiday stuff. She does Pittsburgh stuff. She does other sports stuff. Um, she does even around the four one two merch. So if you want to go all check right. that out. There's a Facebook link for everything. Yeah. Customized. I wanted to
1: wear one of the, the sh- I'll wear it next week. I got to remember next week. I'll wear one of the shirts. Next week. So people can there see we it,
0: go. Yeah. Next week. And Smitty will wear it, but yeah, go check that out. Facebook link. Uh, this is a Steelers show. Uh, we're going to have a more or less makeshift show filled with questions because there's not a lot of Steelers stuff going on. It seems like Artie Smith got hired and I, I, you got me calling him Artie Smith. Now it, it's Arthur. Artie. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you got me calling him Artie Smith. Um, Arthur Smith got hired, and it seems like after that, just all the Pittsburgh Steelers news just stopped. Which, I mean, to be fair, that was the the top thing that was going on at the time. It seemed like mm-hmm. every single day there was a new name being circulated for the offensive coordinator position. And then as soon as Arthur Smith actually officially gets the job, it's just dead mm-hmm. silent because what are we waiting for at this point? I mean, we're, we're kind of waiting until we get to like off-season free agent stuff. The Super Bowl hasn't even happened. That's this upcoming weekend. Um mm-hmm. so pretty cold on the Steelers front but we're still going to have
1: some stuff to talk about. I guess like maybe waiting for the staff to be filled out under him. You know there's we know yeah. there's going to be some turnover like Frisman Jackson's not going to return. They turned over a couple other positions uh Corley there uh assistant quarterback coach also not going to be back as well as they're going to have a new offensive quality control coach so yeah there's a couple spots they're going to be filling um they did bring in somebody actually they're interviewing past game coordinator candidates which is is intriguing to me let alone they haven't had that position like we expect that the quarterback coach which could be mike Sullivan but also sounds like they're interviewing outside people so like don't know how great i'm feeling if i am mike Sullivan like kind of incumbent for now um But we will see if that remains. But uh, they interviewed uh, Chargers assistant Tom Arth, who was – I don't know much about him. I'm not going to pretend to. I don't know what his background is here other than that he was a backup quarterback to Peyton Manning with the Colts during his time. And also obviously coming from the Chargers with Brandon Staley would have worked with Justin Herbert there. So that's obviously – Uh, an intriguing aspect of his background, too. But I'm not going to pretend to know, you know, what his philosophical ideas are with offense or what he could bring to the table or anything like that. Just know a couple of the stops that he's had uh, in his football journey. So we will see how that plays out. Really intrigued by the wide receivers coach stuff, too. Like, do they go young that, you know, because, like, Nick got to me. Nick Farabaugh mentioned on Steelers Afternoon Drive. He's like, they should take a huge swing here at the college level and give Brian Hartline a call. OK, as an Ohio State fan, I, I don't I don't love it, but like I'm a much bigger Pittsburgh Steelers fan than I am Ohio State fan. And that guy just produces star receiver after star receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, no issue at all. If Ohio State loses Brian Hartline to the NFL, only if it's the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So um, that would be definitely intriguing to me. But what about like a Brennan Marion too? you know, a guy that was at Pitt, obviously now at UNLV uh, as their offensive coordinator? He would be interesting too. I mean, obviously, develop some great receivers along his way too, and he's still just in his mid thirties. Like I, I, I'm along with Nick in the mindset of I would like to see them go the young route as opposed to like one of these retreads like they've kind of been doing.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that you look at the way the NFL and just football in general is moving as far as the offensive schemes goes. It's all typically the younger audience that's been doing that this younger coaching that's been doing that um i i, I think you got that, the
1: experience surrounding it like if you would want the young out yeah. route with a yeah might not be pushing for this as much but like because it's arthur smith because it's mike tomlin like the rest of the staff kind of gives them the ability to go young with wide receiver coach
0: yeah, I mean, Brian Hartline would be an absolute dream if you're hiring a wide receiver coach. Just looking at Ohio State, the the absolute factory that it is when it comes to pumping out wide receivers at a, at a high level. I mean, how many first-round draft picks have they had over the past several years? I
1: mean, after um, Marvin goes, it'll be four within the last three.
0: Th- yeah, that's that's nuts. That's <laughs> nuts. Um also, I, I think as far as getting a passing game coordinator, and you, you you mentioned the Steelers never had that position before. I wonder if that's like the Steelers being self-aware, knowing who they hired as their offensive coordinator, knowing that it's going to be predominantly more run game heavy focused is like what his specialty is. And so they're, they're more open-minded to bringing in a passing game coordinator or at least having that position for the first time because they're just being self-aware of the kind of guy that they brought in and while the Steelers and we talked about this at length when we talked about Arthur Smith, while the Steelers offense fits the mold that Arthur Smith could bring for an offense and in the history that he's had with with running an offense, maybe they're bringing in a passing game corner to not only help out the creativity on that end um, and not rely on just Arthur Smith to come up with that, but also get more creative with the passing schemes that the can showcase them like Kenny Pickett more or even help out Kenny Pickett more I don't to say showcase Kenny Pickett more he hasn't really shown anything we need to help out Kenny Pickett more to make it easier on him so he can try to do the minimum amount
1: yeah maybe it is self-awareness maybe it's awareness and maybe I, I would say that that's part of it maybe it's also part awareness to what's going on around the league I mean you know even if you want your your bread and butter of your offense to be through the run game I think you got to realize like this is still an offense that you look at Arthur Smith's time in Tennessee, the passing game, while there was a lot of stuff that was kind of uninspiring about just like the pure drop back passing game aspect of it, really good at play action. They still took their fair share of deep shots down the field. Like you're going to need a wide receivers coach that can get these guys into the right positions um, and understand spacing and everything like that. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a relatively attractive job, too, when you look at least at the top two guys in this receiving core and assuming that they're going to add a third one. And that's a great segue because that's where we'll start get one of our questions here from the base Yinzer, which, by the way, great name. How important is upgrading slot receiver in Arthur Smith's offense? Now, this is interesting. Least amount of targets for slot receivers in Arthur Smith's offense last year with Atlanta, just 34 targets for slot receivers. I don't know that it's necessarily important in that aspect, but, like, I look at the build of wide receivers that he's typically had, and the Steelers are kind of missing that right now from what they have in their offense. And I think that's why it's just, like, so uh, logical for people to think Matt Collins, who he had in Atlanta, massive bodied receiver, uh, is a free agent this year as well. I mean... Yeah, if you're predicting him to come to Pittsburgh, definitely get it. Like him and or Keith Smith, their free agent fullback, because you need a fullback in Arthur Smith's offense as well, uh, definitely makes sense to link to Pittsburgh. But getting back to the wide receiver thing, I don't think that you're looking at a third or a slot option here as somebody that is going to be like a high-volume pass catcher. But I think that you're looking for – and maybe it's Deontay or George moving into that spot uh, because A.J. Brown was getting a fair share of targets – from or i'm sorry a fair share of snaps from the slot while in arthur smith's offense in tennessee moving pieces around so maybe it's not necessarily a guy that's like a high volume target guy but i think that you still need to bring in another receiver again whether that's for the outside or playing inside um that kind of fits the mold of what arthur smith's had in the past i mean i mean think about it a.j brown Corey davis drake london Matt Collins, just these massive bodied receivers. George Pickens is is kind of within that realm, but like that height weight combo of all these other guys, like Deontay Johnson certainly doesn't fit that. We're gonna talk about him in a little no. bit. But they they don't they're really kind of missing that from the room right now. So they're going to add a receiver for sure, whether it's in <clears throat> draft or free agency. Uh, and I would expect it to be kind of along like more of that height weight threshold.
0: Hey, I know a guy. Chase Claypool. Maybe the Steelers can get him. <laughs> a big slot. I think it fits perfectly.
1: Oh, man. Wouldn't that be something?
0: I mean, I, I'm sure somebody can get the Photoshop ready right now for him in a Steelers jersey. It's probably oh, yeah. not going to be hard to make. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, that that's perfect. Um, I, I, I think that it's fairly obvious that regardless of whether you're talking slot or whether you're talking outside, I don't even really think it matters. It's, it's fairly clear to me that this offseason, the Steelers need to add another wide receiver because currently your wide receiver three is Calvin Austin and you don't want to go receiver into the season wants an with an
1: expiring deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so you don't want to go into the season with that kind of looming over your head whether they're going to bring somebody to free agency or if they're going to get somebody in the draft. I mean, it's the Steelers, so the draft is always in play when it comes to receiver, especially on day 2. I feel like um but if you want to talk about slot specifically, I do think that that's something that's missing from the Steelers. Um going back to really since Juju was in the slot. I think that that's the last time that they've had a true slot receiver that can that can not only like, get some volume from the position, but get productivity from the position. They haven't really expected that. I mean, we were talking about just this past season that Pat Fryermuth was going to be the Steelers' pseudo-slot receiver at times because of how many times that he gets spread out. But they didn't really have a true slot-wide receiver. Whenever Juju left, we were hoping that Chase Claypool – could take could take over that slot receiver role and be a big slot receiver. And, I mean, joking aside, like, if, if he had lived up to expectations, based off the history that Arthur Smith has had at that position, he would have been a perfect candidate to be able to play yeah. that role. But outside of the, the past of what we saw with Chase Claypool, him being traded to the Bears and then going to Miami, I mean, what a train wreck that was. Um, he... I, th- I think they do need to bring in somebody because I, I, I'll I be honest, even though George Pickens could probably fit the bill like some of those big slot receivers that Arthur Smith has had, I don't want to move him from the outside. I think his biggest threat is being an outside receiver. And like you said, Deontay Johnson doesn't really make sense. So if they wanted to bring in Matt Collins uh, or bring in somebody else in free agency or even look in a draft to find somebody that fits that mold, I think that would fit perfectly. But as far as like who they have right now, I don't think that any, either of those guys really makes sense to move into the slot, at least for an Arthur Smith offense. Everybody's going to look at Deontay Johnson and be like, if, 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 if you're talking about height-to-weight ratio. They're like, he's built to be a slot receiver. I'm like, yeah, but not mm-hmm. not necessarily in this offense. And then you look at the way Deontay Johnson's played as a Steeler and the productivity he's had on the outside, the type of route runner he is. I mean, y- I think you need to keep him on the outside as well.
1: Yeah, I mean the whole thing with, with playing in the slot is you're getting mismatches against like linebackers and safeties. Uh, Obviously, like I think the way it's prioritized now you have like true guys that are being drafted high and specialized in playing in the slot, but typically that's, you're looking for mismatches. And when you have a guy like Deontay Johnson that, you know, can separate on the outside against teams, best boundary corners, you don't, Go away from that and move him inside So um, yeah I I, I like him playing outside I like Pickens Playing outside so I think they do just need A traditional slot Um, Taylor says what do you think about the Steelers running back Situation going forward this is interesting because obviously we know Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, best one, two punch or one of the best ones who punches in the league, uh, still going to be back next year. But I think it's like interesting to think beyond that. Um, and I try not to get too far ahead of myself, but like, you know, the Najee Harris fifth year option going to be coming up, obviously, what are they going to do with that? Are they going to be comfortable paying what that is with the productivity that they've gotten from Jalen Warren? Or do they want to pair another, you know, one, a one B situation type back with Jalen Warren and not have to pay that cost. um, it's interesting I think the Steelers just value Najee Harris much more than maybe a, a lot of people do. You know, not only did they spend a first round pick on him, but just with with his durability, which they obviously how many times do we hear Mike Tomlin talk about players' availability? You know, I I just think that they value it way too much and he's been available, you know, he's like Gumby. He gets into these like really scary situations where it looks like his, he's just going to tear everything in his leg and he just pops right back up. Like Uh ridiculous that he hasn't suffered more injuries uh, than he has. I'm sure he's taken his fair share of bumps and bruises, but I think the Steelers value Najee Harris very highly. I expect that he'll be back uh, like on that fifth year option for sure but I I really do think that they're going to approach him about a contract extension. Even I do think that they want to keep these two guys together. Um, I can't necessarily fault them for the idea of thinking that these two guys are better together than they would be separately, because I definitely uh, agree with that, but there certainly is also a limit to what I would pay a Najee Harris to have him back. And I could see the Steelers going above what I would be willing to give him because I think that they value him as a player. I think they value what he brings to the table. And I think they value the way of the, the way football um, can be played with Najee Harris on the field maybe more than I do as well. It's just it's a more traditional line of thinking that the Steelers have as opposed to the way a lot of the league is trending.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no secret how not just me, but both of us really feel about run, the running back position. But I mean, I've spoken at length how I feel about the future of running back for the Steelers and extending Najee Harris. And I get it. Like the Steelers are not going to agree with me most likely. And most people probably wouldn't agree with me when it comes to my opinion of like running back, you just kind of move on from them when their time is up and then you just find another one. And in this case, the Steelers kind of have a, a running back that they could pair or have in, in the a placeholder whenever they get rid of whatever, if they were to get rid of Najee Harris with Jalen Warren. But I, I, have come around to being okay with the idea of keeping Najee Harris around as long as it's with the right number. Now the right number to me and the right number to the Steelers, kind of like what you were saying is completely different probably, um, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to years and everything. But I, I I think that the Steelers future running back room, you're you're looking at it. I I think that the Steelers are going to probably give an extension to Najee Harris and you're going to have him and Jalen Warren for the next several seasons um, as long as they still continue to be pr- productive in their in their roles, which they have been, to be completely fair. Like Najee Harris is back-to-back-to-back 1,000-yard to back to back seasons. I understand mm-hmm. he gets a load of touches out of the backfield, but he's he's been productive whenever he's he's been the number one back, and he's gotten better, and especially last season looking at it. He got better as the season went along, and, and there's times where Jalen Warren was going to be called upon to be the number one back by the fan base. And that wasn't the case. And there was times we saw why Najee Harris is still considered the number one back. But I I think that for the future of the, the Steelers running back room, you're probably going to bring in another guy who is going to be that running back three, play special teams, not really going to see offense that often. And then you're going to have these two be the workhorses, for the next at least two to three seasons, I imagine, because I would I would think that Najee Harris is going to get an extension past this upcoming season for a couple more years, and then you're probably going to see another like shorter extension for Jalen Warren as well, as long as they still stay productive. But as of right now, I, I see no reason why that is going to change moving forward, especially yeah, with Smith as your offensive co- coordinator. We don't know what they're going to be like in yeah. a, a running, run game coordinator's and i mean not run game coordinator a run specific offensive coordinator what what they're going to look like in that type of offense
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you said the thing about the RB3's role because, you know, a lot of people talking about Le'Veon Bell wanting to make a comeback and he would only do so for the Steelers. But like, yeah, that's the thing. The special teams value. You got to be able to play special teams if you're an RB3 on a roster. That's just the way it is. Yeah, And he does not add that value to them. Love Le'Veon. He might actually come into the conversation here with the next question I'm going to bring up. Those are the only two questions that we got for this show specifically. But we had some in the bank um, that that we had gotten asked, that I had gotten asked, that I'm going to bring over to this show um an answer here uh, they want to know if this is from big cat uh your choice not that big cat different big, cat. big cat. Your choice yeah not <laughs> not, not, not the big cat i didn't know we this, had the kind of outreach this is this is <laughs> this is with a k well hey other big cat if you are listening we appreciate you let us know if you want to collab uh big cat with a k says favorite all-time Steelers draft pick and i'll like Lavion came to mind for me for this because I, I always say this, and I still this still holds true. I've never enjoyed watching a player more than watching Le'Veon Bell's Steelers tenure. Just like the way that he ran was so different, and he set a precedent going forward. He kind of paved the way for a new type of running back, Um, and it was just special for me to watch. Had him in every fantasy league across the board, all those years that he was with the Steelers, anytime I did get my hands on him. So there's like his run with the Steelers, super special to me was heartbroken when he left. Uh, I've forgiven him now. I think that he's on the other end of Antonio Brown, where he's done everything to try to make amends uh, for the bridges that he burned on his way out. Um, but, the, I mean, how, how can you not say TJ Watt? Like, in our lifetime, think about it. We've watched a player get drafted the same year that we started this podcast. And arguably, I don't think he's there yet. But by the end of his career, very possible that he's on the Steelers Mount Rushmore. And it happened in our lifetime.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's already the career leader in uh, sacks for the Steelers, so it's only yeah. up from there. Um, I, I and I'm not going to count. I, I don't know if you were even thinking about these types of players, but like I'm not going to count like Troy or like Hines or anybody like that because like let's face it, we don't remember them getting drafted.
1: <laughs> we we weren't watching the I NFL. Remember. I wasn't watching the NFL draft, but I do remember when Troy got drafted just because well, of my dad's that's, reaction.
0: That's 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 more so what I mean is like we weren't like mm-hmm. actively watching the draft and being aware yeah. of like really what's going on as 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 we do now. Um, so immediately my mind was thinking of basically 2010s to now, and I kind of want to cheat and split this between two guys. And the obvious one is the guy you just said, T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. gonna be. Or c- could possibly be in the Steelers Mount Rushmore. Definitely, I mean, post Troy, definitely the most impactful defensive player that we've seen from from a Steelers defender. Yeah. And really, since those th- that that like two thousand like mid two thousand steel curtain defense, he's the best defenser since, defender since then. Could you um, imagine one just, of those teams? What? Well, oh my goodness! I mean, <laughs> you just
1: drop him onto those teams. <laughs> I mean, that no slight be, to Lamar Woodley or anything, because yeah. Lamar Woodley was really good for that run too, opposite of James Harrison. But man, yeah, just anyway, imagine. Go
0: ahead. Um, so yeah, that that's like the obvious one, especially for people like us who who like are really into the NFL draft and have been for the past several several seasons. Um, like that's that's really the obvious one. The one that I would say, and I'll, I'll I'll categorize this a little bit differently, and and just because of the way that the, the question was asked. My my favorite draft pick was actually, I would say it's going to be James Conner, and I think just because of what that draft pick meant to him and what that meant to the city of Pittsburgh to see him be drafted to the Steelers. I mean he's he's a whippy old kid, whether people want to argue that or not. When he played high school, he was a whippy old kid, um, and then he he goes to Pitt. You have the whole cancer situation. Him coming back and being the ACC's like all-time touchdown leader, having the senior season that he has, and then to be drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, his hometown team, and to have great success for several seasons here post Le'Veon Bell, I I I think that that is probably my favorite pick as far as like not necessarily the best player they've ever picked, but just what that pick meant to that player, what that pick meant to the city. Um, I think that that one. The the story behind that pick is probably better than any other story that you'll see.
1: Yeah, that's a good shout. I, I I like that. I like the reasoning behind it. That year they had two really emotional. You remember how emotional Juju was? Getting yeah. drafted by the Steelers too. That was the same year. So, yeah, two thousand seventeen. Same year Dude. as TJ. Two thousand seventeen. Class. That two
0: thousand seventeen draft class was was just a lot of fun. At least the first two.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah it was it was it was a good class
1: yeah good stuff um all right moving on here actually why did i exit off of this i gotta pull this back up um (laughs) well because yeah i was taking the questions from uh, i literally have to have a separate tab open for twitter and i was taking them from a tweet but i like clicked off of that tweet because somebody sent me something i was looking at it but okay we're, we're back we're locked in now I'm not going to click off of this with DJ's role in the offense, Deontay Johnson, DJ still uncertain. Is it possible he could be used to a certain extent in the Khalif Raymond role instead of Calvin Austin. So this is interesting. Don't know if we talked about it on here, but definitely talked about it uh, with Alan on Steelers afternoon drive. Khalif Raymond was a player that Arthur Smith had in Tennessee. He's now with the Detroit lions, but like very similar to Calvin Austin in terms of, you know, the height, weight, combination that he has there the special teams value that he brings how you get the the ball into his hands kind of a speed demon a lot of yak you know possibilities with him um i think that what's interesting about it though to me is again i just can't get away from the fact that like deontay johnson to me if it were up to me pretty much exclusively would be lining up on the outside um, I think what you could do with Calvin in this offense, similarly to the way that Khalif Raymond was used was a lot of like jet sweep stuff. Uh, even though people don't want to hear those, they're very effective, uh, and just getting the ball into his hands in space, you know, quick screens, um, a lot of quick inner breaking stuff. Like I, I, I think that's. I would not want to see Deontay Johnson used in that way. I know that we have a lot of questions about Deontay Johnson's usage in this offense because it's a lot of play action, deep shot pass stuff that kind of caters more to a George Pickens type player. Um, But I don't know. I just I don't see it, you know, and that's not even taking into consideration. This is probably why they said to a certain extent, because they didn't want to talk about the special teams value, because I don't see a way that we we get Deontay Johnson. Like they're not going to throw him back there unless go return again. Yeah, like three guys would have to get hurt to see Deontay Johnson return punts uh, at this point in his career. It'd be like, you know, Antonio Brown. They tried, they did everything to try to not have to have him return punts, and then like three guys would get hurt, and all of a sudden Antonio Brown's returning punts again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate the question, Joel, but I, I don't see it.
0: I don't see it either. Um, I, I just got done talking about how Deontay Johnson is your best route runner. He's best suited for the outside. And you had, he had added on to that saying how you're not going to get a lot of guys that can be able to get separate space on your best like man coverage corners in the league. And Deontay Johnson can provide that. So for the role that you're talking about, I don't see that. I mean, if you want to try to bring in somebody else to do that or have Calvin Austin do that, I think that that's probably the way the Steelers should go. And considering especially what I already mentioned, like, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are your top two receivers. After them, it's a big question mark of who's going to be wide receiver three next season. I don't think that you want to take one of your top two wide receivers, arguably your number one receiver, especially when it comes to the route running and, and, and agility that, he, that Deontay Johnson has. And I understand, I understand, but like looking at the type of receiver that Deontay Johnson is when it comes to the build agility, I understand why somebody would ask a question like this. But I, I think when you look at what that the Deontay Johnson means to the Steelers offense, especially on the outside in man coverage and, and being able to separate and get space, I don't I don't think that they could e- even afford to really have him in that role, let alone even just like thinking about think about moving him there. I don't I don't think the Steelers offense will be able to afford to do that unless they were able to bring in a big upgrade to wide receiver three.
1: I have an idea, but we'll get to that uh I, I'll just tease it for now because we're just start talking about the draft more and more as it gets closer. And uh, there's a player that I'm really a fan of that I think is going to be within their wheelhouse. Um, Steelers 22 says Corey Trice, realistic expectations. No, it's weird to ask about a seventh round pick, but I really like his tape coming out of Purdue. Know a lot of Steelers fans were excited about how he looked in training camp, man. Yeah. What a bummer that he wasn't able to, to get on the field at all this year, just because for a seventh round pick I agree with you like I thought that he was a guy that could have gone on the back end of day two and I wouldn't have questioned it certainly earlier in day three than he did go um yeah I would have liked to have seen him get some reps this year as like a big slot I thought he could kind of be like a tight end eraser kind of in like that Terrell Edmonds role or a way that flowers had been used in Cincinnati for them um in their Super Bowl run but you know obviously that didn't come to fruition now you're kind of he's behind the eight ball now, you know, as a rookie that missed his rookie year, he's going to be a rookie again, basically Mm -hmm. going into 2024. And it's almost like the defensive version of Calvin Austin going into year two, where you you miss your rookie year completely. And you're basically a rookie again. Um, You know, I think that he'll have an opportunity to be a contributor. We'll see, you know, it's hard to have this conversation even prior to free eight. Like we're talking before free agency and the draft, not even just before one of those things happening, like very well, they could add to this cornerback room, multiple times over through both free agency and the draft. So um, I would like to think that he's going to have a shot, you know, even if it is as like a fit, maybe he's looking to like unseat a James Pierre and those two are having a battle uh, for that last cornerback spot. Um, I do think they like him. I do think that he showed enough in camp prior to get or in the offseason, basically after getting drafted prior to getting hurt. Cause it was early in training camp when it happened um, to say like, I'm here, and I think that he's going to get a shot going into next you know camp and everything like that to earn a roster spot. But man, that's a lottery ticket, if anything. you cannot be hanging your hat on this guy, potentially be in the answer opposite of Joey Porter, Jr. You know, I think that that's that's a pipe dream. If it happens, great, but it's certainly not something that you can be like putting all your chips in on.
0: Yeah, we talked about Trice Jr. a lot last summer. Whenever he was going to camp and talked about the excitement of, wow, we got this guy in the seventh round, excited to see what he could do. But when you're talking about a player that's coming back from injury, especially a, a season-long injury, you, you never know what it's going to be like when that player gets in pads again and, and what they look like compared to their peers once they get back from that injury. So and as, and as you just pointed out, we have no idea what they're going to do free agency-wise. We have no idea what they're going to do draft-wise. We've talked about how corner could be potentially in play at their first round draft pick. I think that's one of the positions that could definitely go, especially with the way that the um, this draft class is shaping out and what the Steelers' needs are. I feel like at 20, there's several positions that could be taken or at least a few that could be taken. Corner's definitely one of them. And so while that's the case, I think the best case scenario for him is to stay healthy, not, not re-aggravate anything, not do anything. And then, like you said, try to prove, it, prove that – you can still play, try to prove that you deserve a spot on this team because this obviously the Steers liked him enough to take him. Um, and this is a guy like you had mentioned, and like we talked about last summer, like this is a guy that could have been gone what what in our mind in like the fourth or fifth round, not even higher. Derek had him in this top one hundred players in the draft in, in last season's class. So mm-hmm. this is a guy with with some pedigree to him, but when you miss an entire year, whether it's right or not, you kind of get forgotten in the shuffle. And and obviously yeah. the Steelers are going to ha- to give him a fair shot when it comes to this upcoming season, but it, it, you lost a season. You, you uh, have lost a season of playing time, and so you're kind of going to get lost in the shuffle again. He's going to have to prove to himself, not only himself but the Steelers, like that he can still play and play at a high level enough to be able to make this team. And that's another player that you're, you're talking about, like unseating a guy like James Pierre. We want to talk about like running back three having to play special teams. Like, Corey Trice will have to play special teams, too, if he wants to make this team as well. Um, when yeah. you're talking about a, a, a player that is, is like your corner five, that's a guy that is typically playing special teams at a regular basis. So if, if they get to that point, he's not only going to have to show that he's a good corner, but show that he can play special teams, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talk about guys coming off injuries. Last question here from T. Walker are Holcomb and Quan if he stays expected to recover in time for the season or are we worried about a dip in performance for them considering what happened to Devin Bush post-injury I, yeah I wouldn't even like throw the Devin Bush aspect out of that I mean everybody's different you don't know how everybody should come back from injury I'm just saying like I think that there was something more for him than just the physical aspect of things um but, you know, with Holcomb, for sure, like I, I know that he's been back at the facility even in the offseason. He's running and everything like that already. He's going to make a full recovery, be ready to go for sure in full capacity. Quan Alexander, don't even know if he's going to be back. He's a free agent. I don't know. Guys that sign one year deals and then get hurt on that one year deal, like a season ending injury, the chances of him coming back, I would say, are pretty slim. You know, you still have a Landon Roberts in the fold, um, you have uh, Mark Robinson back in the fold. And you have, you know, oh, maybe they, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's something to like, you know, be super excited about just saying he is on the roster. Um, And do they like anybody at the, that they saw at the end of the season enough to bring them back over, you know, Quan Alexander come back from injury, whether it's miles Jack again, or if he's going to actually retire this time, Michael Walker, like, did they see something from him? I don't know. I mean, or are they looking to add somebody else in free agency or the draft to that position? Like actually try to find a longer term solution as opposed to these stop gaps. Um, if it I don't think Quan Alexander is going to be back, but I do think that Cole Holcomb obviously is going to be back. And I expect that he's going to make a full recovery. Thank goodness. That there was no damage done to the patellar tendon. Like there was originally some fear for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that based off where he's at right now, what we've seen, what I've heard about his recovery from other people i I fully expect that he's going to be back healthy and be the player that he was uh you know prior to that injury
0: yeah i would I would expect the same for Holcomb Quan Alexander, to me is the one that is more uh he was a, as, a as like, possible yeah possibility uh of coming back um I, I I don't think that he played like he didn't play a ton um prior to the injury as as far as like actual like he obviously played in the games but what i'm trying to say is like you don't really have a lot of um tape on him as a steeler so it's not like somebody that that was playing a, 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 a for several seasons for you it's a one season guy it's it's not the same now, the, the the interesting part is the steelers as you were listing off the guys that could come back i mean there's not there's not a lot going on with that linebacker room as far More, as potential yeah. returners that that are going to be at an effective level. I mean, we're talking about Mark Robinson, who the Steelers literally would have rather picked somebody out of the stands to play linebacker than play Mark Robinson, it felt like. And then you're talking about Miles guys Jack that are, yeah. are, 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 are coming out of retirement. And I do think that Miles Jack probably thought he was retired, but then the Steelers just needed help. Like they, they were Kevin Hart, like help me. <laughs> because, because because they they did and that's why that's because they didn't want to play mark robinson that's why yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and in his mind he was probably like yeah sure i'll come and collect a p- uh, paycheck and then like more injuries happen he's like oh i have to play no yeah. like this wasn't what i signed up for
0: yeah i i think linebacker is a key position this offseason for the Steelers too because you got to get better depth at the position i think that last season showed that you can't rely on just your starters for, for an entire season. Injuries happen, and you saw two major injuries to your linebacker room. You're basically relying on a Landon Roberts to cover the middle of the field by himself, um, especially if Mark Robinson was also on the field. But I I just think that linebacker is one where – and that's why I'll leave the door cracked for Quan Alexander to come back. Um, I, I If I had to be a betting man and – and make a prediction right now. I'll probably say I would say no that he's not going to be back. I just I, I think that's mm. that's that's more likely that he's not. But I think the door is at least cracked open because of the state of the linebacker room for the Steelers. There's just not a lot there.
1: Absolutely. I I don't know what the plan is because like we're looking at the, look ahead to the draft. We keep talking about the offensive line. We're talking about corner. Like talking about adding a receiver. Where where does linebacker fit into all of this?
0: I mean, I could tell you or one thing. Linebacker's not going to fit into one of their first probably two or three picks. Right. Like so does as, that make more and, sense? And, and that's more reasons. so, for me, not even lo- looking at only the Steelers' needs, but just looking at this draft class in general. I feel like by the time yeah. the Steelers are looking at a linebacker, you're talking about, like,
1: day three. Right. Mm. Peyton Wilson, NC State, that's all I'll say. Keep an eye on him. I think he'd make a ton of sense. Um, pick. Yeah. I, and I think that he'll be there on day three, at least early on day three, maybe one of those fourth rounders could be him unless he just absolutely blows it, which he could. I mean, he's a freak athlete. I think what's going to knock him down is there's no player that's played the position. Like there's not a blueprint for somebody his size playing off ball linebacker. So yeah, you'll be interested.
0: I mean, you know, you know where I'm at. With 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 the first round pick. So we get I'm I'm excited to talk about drafts. Like obviously we still have a couple months to it, but I'm excited to get to talk about the draft more. If you if mm-hmm. you uh if you saw my question to uh, Steelers Afternoon Drive last week, you definitely you know who my first round pick is. I'm not talking to you. We I'm talking about the listeners. They they yeah. know who it is.
1: The question there is going to be like you gotta be special at center to go in the first round. But I think that he is. I'm so. just saying, Derek. I, I trust Derek more than most people
0: um, when it comes to draft analysis because he's an absolute freak and doesn't sleep from January until <laughs> he April. Does not. Um. Yeah. But he he's watched he's watched his tape and he doesn't see a lot of flaws or doesn't see any flaws.
1: Yeah, he's, that's close. Very he does clean. not see
0: any flaws. So
1: he's a very clean prospect. Um. All right, I think that's it for this week's Steelers episode. A little bit shorter than our Steelers episodes normally are, but again, you know, a little bit different of an episode. Not a ton to talk about in terms of actual, like, headlines with the team. Maybe by next week's show, we get a receiver coach, we get a pass game coordinator. I don't know. Either way, uh, get in questions to us, whether it's in the comments of this show or tweeting at us, DM, whatever, however it might be, however you want to get your questions to us, please. We're going to need them uh, throughout this this kind of dead period in the NFL post-Super Bowl. Uh we'll come up with content ideas. We're gonna have a show regardless, but it would sure make our lives easier if we get a bunch of questions in. So please do that. Go ahead.
0: Last thing. It's Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Chiefs mm-hmm. are 49ers.
1: I thought we kind of touched on this last week. Um I, I'm not picking against my I'm not picking against Mahomes. Like I'm not doing it. Like I know that he's been an underdog now three straight weeks. I'm I'm not playing into this. I'm not gonna be on the wrong side of history here. Betting against Mahomes.
0: I mean, I'm not betting against Taylor Swift.
1: People, people want <laughs> to.
0: <That's>, the, <laughs> the Mahomes. That's true factor. too. I'm talking about the Taylor Swift factor too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it's
1: played. What's interesting here, more so than what team you think's going to win, because there's been this debate too. Because like Peyton Manning came out and said he thinks there's going to be a bunch of points scored, but the Chiefs and 49ers defenses this year, like especially the Chiefs, honestly, because they've carried them, you know. The offense for a lot of times this year did not look like you would think the Kansas City Chiefs offense would look like. Um, I want your take on that. Do you think it's going to be more of an offensive game or a defensive game?
0: Um, I, I think it has a feel of a defensive game. I The yeah. way that the Chiefs defense has performed, especially in these playoffs, I feel like they're playing at a very high level and the 49ers have a really good defense as well. I, I feel like it's more, more defensive setup. Could be very wrong by that. Um, but it's just on it's the just, surface. It, it I just don't see it being a very high scoring game. I don't think it's gonna be like a low scoring game either. But like
1: scores, well, of, that like, might be where I'm at. Like in the middle, almost. like in the 20s. Is
0: that is that yeah. a, considered a high score well, game? That
1: would that would be low because like the average points uh scored by the winner of the Super Bowl, at least over the last decade, if not longer. I I just recently saw this. I don't fully remember how long back it dated, but it's at least over the last decade has been 30 points, which. It's pretty high, so mm. I, I definitely think we're going to be under that for the winter.
0: Well, we have Taylor Swift versus Anna Fry. We'll see what happens. Do you know? Do you understand sweep. the Anna Fry reference? No, dude, you're such a boomer. Get on TikTok more. Let's see this Anna Fry? Brock Party looks like this high school girl from Utah named Anna Fry.
1: Oh, what the heck! Yeah.
0: <laughs> also, Anna Fry is like one of the top 10 tennis players in the country.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, nothing on Taylor Swift. Anyways, uh, <laughs> in the description of the show, if you're watching or listening, wherever it is, you see it. Either way, everything custom designs. Our friend Haley Wagner, small business, custom t shirts, hoodies, a lot of different types of clothing you can get. Anything customized on those, just not hats still. Uh, so everything but has custom designs by Haley Wagner. The link is down below, uh, so check that out. I will wear my Around the 412 shirt next week. I promise, for sure, I will do that. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here, leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else. All of our social media, be sure to follow us there. Like it says on the ticker below. With Tyler for Smitty. This has been the Around the 412 Steelers Show. We'll see you guys next week. Bye bye.